Hi, I'm Roger Goodwin. Welcome to another episode of Growing With Us. Today we have uh, Braden Hawkins with us, our Sweet Licks account rep. We will be going over some things on wheat pasture bloat. Uh, Braden, could you give us a little background on exactly what bloat is? Thanks for having me on, Roger. I'm glad to be back on another episode of Growing With Us. And yeah, so there's a few different types of bloat, but for the context of this conversation, we're going to be focusing on frothy bloat, which is the type of bloat that um, you will see cattle have when they are grazing uh, high-quality legumes or wheat pasture, which is very prevalent, obviously, in the, the western part of Oklahoma. Um, but But bloat is an event that is caused when the rumen produces a large amount of gas and, and that gas is from the highly soluble soluble proteins found in those legumes or wheat pasture and, and when they're not able to to um, escape that's when the bloat cause so a frothy layer uh, from those proteins um, kind of forms in the, the the rumen and then those normal gas particles that are um, usually expelled by those mo- microbes aren't able to escape um, another component of uh, bloat is that when you're on um, a forage type like wheat, it's a very low fiber, um, low fiber forage source. Therefore, you're reducing the scratch factor of that fiber, which reduces rumen contractions. And less rumen contractions means less rumen motility, means that the, the bugs and everything aren't moving around, and it's harder for those gases to escape as well because the natural movements in the cow's gut is, is something, another component of what helps that gas being released. So it's kind of a two-pronged uh, um, condition that's caused by grazing wheat pastures. Okay, uh, Braden, on, what are some of the implications does frothy bloat have on the performance on cattle on wheat pasture? Well, the, the most obvious concern and obviously the most detrimental to a producer's bottom line is, is death. Um, when that, that rumen um, continues to expand, you're, you're kind of putting pressure on vital organs and it gets to the point to where that pressure causes the, the cattle to actually die. But there's obviously some, some more mild cases of bloat and those have serious implications as well. I mean, most of the time bloat is the most severe and your most aggressive grazers and your most aggressive grazers are obviously the best performing cattle that you have. They're consuming more. Well, if they've got a mild form of bloat, they're not going out and, you know, un- un- unleashing their genetic potential because they're not able to consume as much. So their average daily gain is going down. Um, and with the cost of feed this year and, and things like that, wheat pastures shaping up to be a very economical source of, of, of weight gain, more so than it already is. And if we're not maximizing the potential of those cattle, there's, uh, we're leaving dollars on the table, and this isn't a, a time to be doing things like that. We've got to be sure we're, we're maximizing our performance on these cattle. Well, okay, when is the, the bloat most prevalent on wheat pasture cattle? Well, there's always a potential for bloat when grazing small grains or legumes, and obviously we're focusing on wheat pasture, but the, the highest risk is when the that wheat is coming out of dormancy and into that kind of rapidly growing phase. So after the, the storms last week and things like that, there's been some moisture and things are starting to warm up. So that wheat's about to take off and start growing again, and, and that is typically when you see the most severe cases of, of bloat. Okay, with the, the warmer temperatures, you know, now that this cold snap's kind of over, the warmer temperature's right around the corner. What are some of the things a producer can do to uh, reduce the frothy bloat? 
So there's a number of things they can do, and we'll just kind of go over a couple of the main bullet points. Um, something that I think is, is really, really important to do is not to turn hungry calves out that, that have kind of been not fed to, to an appropriate matter out on wheat. It'll prevent them from kind of over-consuming on that. Um, it, it's best if we um, kind of put calves that have been introduced to some sort of dry ration or, or, or dry hay and then kind of ease them out onto that wheat pasture so they just don't hit that wheat pasture hard. That's when you see a really severe incident of bloat. Um, you know, it's kind of hard to do, but if you can minimize the amount of grazing you're doing from um, on wheat pasture that's from wet, dew, frost, rain, things along those lines, that always helps. You know, you always hear that, that bloat's the worst after a heavy frost on some of that. Um, it's because it, it, it absorbs that moisture and just takes off growing. Um, but um, something else that you can do to kind of help minimize that, because obviously it's not always practical to to take your wheat pasture cattle off of them when it happens to get wet. You can always provide some sort of dry, coarse hay um, to, to promote that scratch factor effect to, to get the rumen going, and it kind of counteracts some of those implications of that wet, low-forage wheat pasture. Um, and, and then something that, that you know, has been implemented by a lot of producers and in, in across the United States for that matter, but especially here in western Oklahoma, is to introduce some sort of sweet licks bloat guard blocks or mineral and, and I think a very important point that producers need to, to keep in mind is that it's the, the bloat guard or the paloxylene is not a treatment for bloat. It is a preventative. So we need to make sure we're getting that, that block or that mineral out at least 48 hours before turning those cattle out onto wheat pasture. Okay. And two, and we, you know, we get a lot of questions also on, on the bloat blocks and bloat mineral, uh, can you go over the importance of having the right number of blocks out? Yeah, abs- over a little of that. Absolutely. So when we're talking about bloat blocks or bloat mineral, we're we're using those products as a delivery method for paloxylene, and that paloxylene is included at a specific rate to deliver an X amount to that particular head of cattle based on their body weight, and if we're putting too many cattle out per block or too many cattle out per pound of mineral, then we're diluting how much those cattle are consuming of that active ingredient. So they're not getting an appropriate amount of that active ingredient, and therefore the the product won't be as effective. You have to make sure you're feeding at the appropriate stocking rate that's on the sack or on the block. Therefore, the the appropriate amount of that active uh, active ingredient is getting delivered. Okay, another question that we get quite frequently can I feed both blocks and the loose mineral at the same time? Is that a good idea? It, it, it doesn't hurt. Um, it, I certainly think that um, if you're going to feed the block, you do need some sort of added mineral to go along with it just because the block is truly a delivery method. Um, but the mineral doesn't have to necessarily be the bloat mineral. Uh, the block is formulated to where just the block itself is enough of the paloxylene. So you might look at going with another sweet licks mineral, but you can certainly double up on the bloat block and the bloat mineral, and, and you won't have any, you know, any, any side effects off of that. Okay, with some of the, uh, the, the main take-home points for the producer, what should he keep in mind uh, dealing with wheat pasture grazing and frothy bloat, what are some take-home points that he should? Well, I think we can circle back to, to what we talked about just a second ago in terms of, of, of preventing bloat rather than trying to treat it. it. It is much easier to prevent frothy bloat by introducing some of the steps that we talked about in the Sweet Licks bloat guard rather than, than going out there one day and seeing, you know, 
a third of your calves having a bloat um, outbreak and, and trying to treat it at that point. At that point, you know, you almost have to take those things completely off a of wheat pasture, and it's just much harder to, to treat it than it is to prevent it. So I'd say be proactive in your management decisions in terms of trying to reduce the, the implications of bloat. Um, you know, at the end of the day, we're in this business to make money just like every other business. And, and this is something that can have a serious impact on a producer's bottom line. So by properly managing bloat, we can, we can you know, reduce our risk of it, therefore increasing our performance and increasing our, our return on investment on these stalker calves or even cows if somebody's doing that. If we can save just one calf and then improve the average daily gain on a couple of them by a quarter of a pound or a half a pound, I mean, it, the, the cost of the bloat guard is going to pay for itself at that point. So an ounce of prevention is worth 10,000 pounds of cure then. That's so, right. Okay. That's, That's right. right. Okay, where can listeners go, uh, go to learn more about the Sweet Licks Bloat Guard and other Sweet Licks products? Yeah, so we have um, focused very extensively on our end on, um, you know, having a lot more marketing exposure on the Sweet Licks line here in the last year. So so I highly recommend that, that our listeners go to www.sweetlicks.com if they have any questions. There's a lot of good research articles, a lot of information on some new uh, things that we have coming down the pipeline. And then they can obviously go talk to their local Sweet Licks dealer or distributor as well. Um, and Johnston Seed in this part of the world is, is the prime example of that. Okay, thank you, Braden. And that will conclude this podcast on, on bloat control. So thank you, Braden, for being here and taking time to take part in this. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on, Roger. I always enjoy it. Yeah.